Are you the type of person who enjoys running into people in the grocery store? Or are you that type that when you see someone across the way that you know actually does an intentional route so that you never have to run into that person and thereby make your grocery trip even longer? I remember clearly one time I was in the grocery store years ago, I was in the produce section, and across the way, I saw one of the groomsmen from our wedding. Well, I obviously had to go say hello. And I went over and I said, hey, let's call him Jack. Hey, Jack. And he looked at me with that, I've never seen you in a grocery store look and said, oh, hey, Chris. I was like, no, it's Emily. Y'all have to realize this wouldn't have been that big of a deal, except that our wedding had just been a few months earlier. He didn't remember my name. You know what it's like when someone remembers your name? Maybe you've only met them one time and then you follow up later and it could be months later. And as you go to introduce yourself, they say, oh, it's so good to see you again. And they say your name before it even comes out of your mouth. And you realize in that moment, oh, they didn't just meet me. And I was just another person. A connection was made between us. I remember the first time that I met one of the owners of Charlie's company. And as I approached him, there wasn't an assistant in his ear whispering who I was. He said, you must be Emily. He knew my name. You see, when we call people by their name, it's this sense of affirmation that they know who you are and that a connection is made. And conversely, when someone doesn't know your name, it leads to a feeling of disconnection, right? Now that we're all wearing face masks, it's become a little bit more difficult to discern who it is actually behind the mask. And I don't know about you, but COVID has made it very difficult to make connections with people, even with people that I've been in relationship with for a long time. And so honestly, I have been feeling pretty disconnected lately. My hope is that for the next several weeks, that all of us might be able to reconnect in some way, to reconnect with our faith family, to reconnect with those around us. And today, my hope is that we might be able to find a new way to reconnect with God. Now, before you say to yourself, that is the last thing I have time for. I am just trying to get through each day. I don't have anything, any more room to add to my to-do list. I want you to know I feel exactly the same way, but this is the thing about getting reconnected with God. It's not about our intelligence or our energy or the number of things on our to-do list. When we get reconnected with God, it doesn't add to our to-do list. It simply gives energy, enthusiasm, and purpose to each aspect of our life. Our text today comes from the prophet Isaiah. And these words that were just read were written to a people who were literally living out life that they had never expected. 
They're feeling a major disconnection from each other, from their land, and from God. They have been living in exile in Babylon, and you'll see this map here. It shows you just how far away from home the Israelites were exiled, and not once, but twice. To say that life was not turning out the way they had hoped is a dramatic understatement. You see, the Israelites were not supposed to be enslaved again. Remember, they had been taken out of slavery in Egypt by Moses. They had been promised this land. And now, where was the land? Where was God? Is God a God who even keeps God's promises? Is God even good? And the, that land, those promises, they seem so very far away. It seemed as if God had stepped out of the picture. It seemed as if this was the ideal environment to feel disconnected from God. Our environment today can feel that way as well. Bombing one day, tornado another, racial unrest the next. That's just in our world. I look at our city. This very week, there were nine people arrested for child prostitution. It could appear as if God has stepped back. The God is disconnected from us. And those things that you and I love, those things that help us feel so connected to God, worshiping together as a faith community, serving alongside one another, those things, they, they just feel so very distant. Each of us is disconnected in our own normal way of doing life. So it's no surprise that we might be feeling disconnected from God. Isaiah gave to the people of Israel a reminder in that moment, though, of how connected they are to God, even in the midst of of their chaotic state. Isaiah reminds the people that while their circumstances are not as they would desire them to be, they're not as they had planned, their situation still has God at work. That God is always a God that is about using our circumstances for God's purposes. And I believe this is a word super relevant for all of us today. I want to remind us of those words from the prophet Isaiah. It says, I am the God who created you. You were created out of love for a unique purpose. The God who created the world continues to create this day. You see, God's very nature is about creating amazing things out of chaos. Do you remember in the book of Genesis? It was a, a formless deep, a void, and out of that chaos, God brought forth life. Remember that life that God brought forth was humanity created in God's image. And God reminds us today, remember the cross? It appeared as if it was the end, the worst that it could be. And out of the worst, out of death, God created something new. The best thing 
for all eternity. God says, I am the one who created you and I am always creating out of chaos and difficulty. And he reminds them, God formed you. Those character traits that you have, humor, patience, passion, creativity, those are not random things that came about because of your circumstances. God formed those in each of us for God's purposes. Remember how God chose a man and a woman, two, two random people named Abram and Sarai. They were too old for anything to come of them. They didn't have the energy or the ability to have children, but God saw something more. God formed each of them and enabled them to be the parents of the chosen people of Israel. And God reminds us today, do you remember Mary and Joseph? Joseph was just a carpenter. Mary, we hadn't even heard of. And, and Joseph, when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he had plans to dismiss her quietly. And then Herod sends out this commission that all young Hebrew boys are to be killed. It seemed as if everything was against this couple. And out of a small animal pen, using a feeding trough as a crib, the savior of the world was formed. He reminds them, I am the God who redeemed you. This word redeemed is so incredible. The, the Old Testament professor Walter Brueggemann tells us that this specific word in Hebrew, it refers to a family intervention and solidarity whereby a stronger member of the family intervenes to assure the well-being of a weaker member. I have been part of several interventions, and they are one of the most difficult spaces to be in. And they're difficult because all of this love and care and concern and desire for that person to have well-being is filled in a room where there is a person who only is experiencing and seeing disappointment and failure and conflict. And those two emotions are coming up against each other. And the only way for an intervention to work is for that individual to submit and say, even though I can't believe in this future that y'all feel for me, I'm gonna choose to let you believe on my behalf. They have to trust that those loved ones that are there in that room are painting a picture and are believing in a future that is better than the present that they have. This is what family does for each other. And God reminds us today, I am that person that so desperately desires for you to have a future beyond your present right now. Even though all of us might feel like we don't have the power, the strength, the will, the creativity, or the time, God intervenes and says, I do. I am going to believe for you. I'm going to be enough strength and enough will and enough power to bring you to a place that is better than the life that we live right now. You are my precious child. God whispers, I have called you by name. You 
are mine. The late Fred Craddock, who is a professor and preacher, was vacationing in Gatlinburg, Tennessee with his wife. And as many pastors do, they try to find a hidden spot in restaurants so that they don't necessarily have to have conversation with a lot of people. So he and his wife are tucked away in a little corner, and all of a sudden, this old man comes up to their table and says, how are y'all doing? Are you on vacation? Are you having a good time? And Dr. Craddock says, yes, we're on vacation. Yes, we're having a good time. And then he asks him, well, what do you do, son? And hoping that he would give him an answer that would kind of get him to move on, he said, oh, I'm a professor of preaching. Well, that man said, you are a professor of preaching. I've got a preacher story for you. And then he pulled up a chair right there at their table. And he begins to tell Dr. Craddock and his wife the story. He says, I grew up in a small town without a father. It was so difficult to grow up in this small town. All of the other children made fun of me because I didn't have a daddy. Every time I walked down the street, I felt like people were talking about me, wondering who my daddy could be. I was lonely. I had very few friends. I spent a lot of time by myself. But then this new preacher came to town, and everybody was talking about how good this preacher was. And so I decided I would check him out. But I made sure to get to the service late so that no one would notice me. And I made sure to leave right after the sermon was over so that no one would be able to talk to me or make fun of me. He was so good. I kept coming back. And then this, this one day, I got so enwrapped in his sermon that I forgot to leave. And it was too late. I tried to sneak out the door, but I couldn't. And there was, there was a crowd. And all of a sudden, I feel this heavy hand on my shoulder. And it's a deep voice. And it said, son, who are you? Whose family do you belong to? Who's your daddy? And I turned around, and it was that preacher. And as soon as I turned around, he said, I know who your daddy is. You have just the resemblance. You are a child of God. Dr. Craddock and his wife looked at him, and he said, that man changed the course of my life. And he pushed back his chair, got up from the table, and walked out. The waitress came over to Dr. Craddock and said, do you know who that was? No. And I said, that's Ben Hooper, who was the two-term governor for the state of Tennessee. You see, God knows us. God knows our name. And God says, you are mine. Sometimes getting reconnected to God just means remembering whose we are, remembering that we are a child of God. And this, friends, I want you to know it is not external work. It's not work that anyone can see. This is the internal work. This is the work of quieting ourselves, listening, praying, and reflecting. Let's get reconnected to God together.
I want to propose a way, a very simple way, for all of us to get reconnected to God this very week. And it's called the prayer of examine. You'll see the steps here. It's very simple. You can do this at night or in the morning. Just keep it consistent. And first say, God, you are welcome here. Then say to God, today I am most grateful for something. Tell God what you are most grateful for about the day. And then in honesty, say, today, God, I am least grateful for. And know that God is big enough for whatever you are least grateful for. But then finish with tomorrow, help me too. Friends, getting reconnected to God simply means to quiet ourselves so much that we might be able to recognize that the kingdom of God is within us. We were created in the image of God. God is as close as our very breath. The Holy Spirit dwells within each of us, saying to us, you are mine. Are you quiet enough to hear God whisper your name? Becky, Mike, Flo, whatever your name is, God is saying, you are mine. Friends, join me in taking time to listen this week. May it be so in my life and in yours. Amen.